Hello. We are so excited that you've decided to join us today via our podcast. There are other ways you can join. You can watch us live on Facebook and YouTube under Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministries or on our website at www.mtdm.org. You can also join us in the sanctuary at 401 North Wright Street in Burgall, North Carolina. The zip code is 28425. If you'd like to give a donation, you can simply go to our website at mtdm.org and click on that donation button. God bless you. Verse 18, ending at verse 20. And let's hear what God has to say unto his people. Matthew 28, verse 18 through verse 20. Reading out the King James Version. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power, all authority is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even until the end of the world. Amen. You may be seated. I want to talk again on where are my disciples? Where are my disciples? Um, Last time um, we went over what a disciple was. It is a follower. It is a learner of Jesus Christ. That means a disciple is going to do exactly what Jesus done because he followed Jesus. He was a learner of Jesus Christ. So in this great commission, Jesus was telling His disciples, this is what I want you to do. He was giving them a command. Not only them, but he was giving us a command as well. This is why it is written in the word of God. Everything that is written is for us. It was not only for them, but it's for us today, for us to go by. So we want to go by his way of doing and his way of being. And we do not want to get out of his way of being and his way of doing. So the way that we do this is to go into the word of God and know what the word of God is saying unto us. We do not want to live off of somebody else's revelation. We want to have revelation for ourselves. We want to have knowledge and understanding for ourselves. So when I give it to you, you can't live off of what God has given me. You got to go back in it and live off of what God has given you. This is why we have to develop that relationship we have with him to continue in fellowship with him, a sharing and participation with him so we'll know what God is saying unto us. Amen. So continue to be in your word and know what your word is saying. So when we look at what he was saying, he was telling them all power, that means all authority is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Jesus knew what belonged to him. And we have to know what belonged to us. Why would Jesus start out with that statement? It is because Jesus lost lost rights just like we did to heaven and earth. To have power over the earth. To have authority over the earth. Because Jesus walked as a mere man. So Jesus had to get back what was lost. We know that it was lost in the Garden of Eden. When God gave Adam a command. When he gave him that command, he told him, do not eat from that tree of knowledge of good and evil. 
If you eat from that tree, you will surely die, meaning that you will die spiritually, not physically. This is how it is with us as parents. We tell our children what to do and what not to do. We let them know what the consequences is going to be if they do it. God has not told us anything without letting us know what's going to happen behind what we don't do according to his word. So it's not God's fault. We need to quit blaming God because God already let us know how we can allow things to come in our lives, but not doing what his word tell us to do. Because God is about life. He's not about death. He's about light. He's not about darkness. So anytime we entertain the things of the world, then we're entertaining death. We're entertaining darkness. It may feel good. It may look good. It may sound, sound good, but it's not God. So we have to be so careful in how we stay into alignment is through the word of God. This is why it is a must to stay in the word of God so you can be spiritual and not worldly. God wants us to walk according to the spirit and not according to the flesh. So when we look, Jesus recognized that it had been given back to him because when Jesus died on the cross, Jesus took back the keys to hell and death, according to Revelation. But when you look at Satan, one thing I can say about Satan, he knew what he had. When he was tempting Jesus, I want to go back there. Go with me to Mark. I mean, Luke, the fourth chapter, verse six. And this is what Satan told Jesus when he was tempting him. And the devil said unto him, all this power will I give thee and the glory of them. For that is delivered unto me and to whomsoever I will give it. Now listen at this. And the devil said unto him, all this power will I give thee and the glory of them. For that is delivered unto me. He knew what was delivered unto him. He knew what was given unto him. And by him knowing what was given unto him, by him knowing his rights, he was doing what he had right to do. I'm going to say that again. The devil knew what belonged to him. So the devil was using what was given to him for him to get the glory. When we know what belonged to us, we should be using what belonged to us. Jesus, when he took it back... He spoke and he said, all power, all authority to rule and reign over this earth has been given unto me. Jesus knew his right. He knew his right to rule and his right to reign. We had that right back in Genesis, which if you're born again, you still have that right to reign. We are ambassadors unto Jesus Christ, according to 2 Corinthians, the fifth chapter. We are ambassadors, meaning that we represent him here on this earth. I want to ask you, who are you representing? The Bible says we are ambassadors. We are representatives of Jesus Christ. So when you go out in strife, you're not representing him. When you go out in offense, you're not representing him. When you go out in anger, you're not representing him. When you go out in covenants and greed, when you go out in the flesh, you are not representing him. So quit saying hallelujah because it ain't mm -mm, or amen because it ain't so. 
You have to know who you represent. You, you represent him, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the great I am that I am, the Prince of Peace, the bread of life, the living water. You represent El Shaddai, the almighty God, the all sufficient one. You represent Jehovah Rapha, the God who has healed thee. You represent Jehovah Nisi. He is your banner. You represent Jehovah, the good shepherd. So when you know who you represent, you do not get out of who you represent because you know who you are now that you in Christ. So Jesus knew his right. He knew his authority. You know, it's so funny on these jobs. When you get a high up position, oh, you, you're going to act like you in that high up position. You're not going to let nobody get over on you. You're going to say, do you know who you're talking to? I can fire you and I can hire you. Which one do you want? See, we use those rights. We use that authority when we're in the world because we want people to know I'm the top dog up in here. If you want to keep your job, you will do your job or you won't have a job. Come on. This is what we do. We bow up at them and we do it in confidence because we know who we are. And this is what Jesus was saying. He said, all power, all authority has been given unto me in heaven and in earth. He knew what belonged to him, just like Satan knew what belonged to him. Jesus stripped Satan of his power, his authority. He stripped him of all of that. So this is what we have to know in order to be a disciple. Then Jesus began to talk to them. He says, so go ye therefore. He was commanding them. Go ye therefore that teach means to make disciples you cannot go into the word of god and just read it you got to know what the word of god is really saying so if you see a word teach you got to know what it's saying not just telling go out and teach people no he said go out and make disciples you got to know what's going on and what's being said before you open your mouth and give it to somebody then you have them in error and they will be repeating something that the word did not say he said, go out and make disciples. He said, make disciples, not converts. A convert is just someone who has gotten saved and has stopped. They have stopped. They just saying, I'm going to miss hell. That's all I want to do is miss hell. A disciple is one that lived the way Jesus lived. A disciple is one that act the way Jesus act when he was upon this earth. A disciple is one that do what Jesus done upon this earth. So this is why he said in the Bible he made followers and learners of Jesus Christ. They followed him. So he said if you're going to follow me, you got to imitate me. You got to do what I am doing. And God was reminding me when we raise our children or when we were raised. When you're raised up under your parents or your grandparents or whoever you was raised up under, you're going to tend to do what they tell you to do, whether it's right or wrong, because that's what you saw them do. Everything you see somebody do, that don't mean it's right. Because when you grow up and you get older and you start um, going into the word of God for yourself or you start finding out things for yourself, you'll say, that ain't right. That ain't right what daddy told me. That ain't right what my mama told me. That ain't right what my grandparents told me. That ain't right at all. So you got to change your whole mindset. Because some things that they were doing were not right. It was not right. But when you watch a person, you begin to imitate that person. You begin to talk like that person. You begin to do like that person is doing. 
I remember the Holy Spirit is bringing this back to my remembrance. Me and my husband have been married for like 32 years. So when you've been with somebody that long, and some of y'all probably been with people longer than that, but when you've been with a person that long, you watch them. And when you watch them do certain things, you do what they do. Just like I remember my husband was telling me when I'm brushing my teeth, I'll put one arm like this right here when I'm doing it. He said, I caught myself now doing the same thing. It's true. You end up imitating that person. Or if I see him do something, I'll end up imitating him and doing not a bad thing. Or if, uh, if you come into a marriage and the husband may not like seafood and you love seafood. Uh, you say that seafood, you know, you're allergic to it. All of a sudden now, guess what? The husband allergic to what you're allergic to. And you've never been allergic all your life. Come on, somebody. This is why you have to know God for yourself. You cannot depend on nobody to help you to know him. Now, they can bring you the word, but you got to take the word and apply it for yourself. Things that you are sure of when you go into a relationship, sometimes you lose that surety. Because when you're going into a relationship with somebody that don't want to work, that don't want to clean, that don't want to wash, if your mind ain't made up, you're going to be just like they are. You're going to start doing things that, that they didn't want to do because you think it's okay because this is the way it's done. No, that's not the way it should be. This is why we got to be followers and learners of Jesus Christ and know what he's saying. So when you around someone that look like and act like they so spiritual, but you've been into the word of God, the word of truth that has separated you, that has sanctified you in truth, you'll say, I'm not doing that. Because that's not what the word says. Anybody who quotes the Bible don't mean they know it. Because if you quote something, you got to see the fruit from what that quote. I'm going to say it again. Anybody who know the word of God, I don't care if they know it word for word, but bait them. If they're not living what they're speaking, do not listen. Because you're supposed to live what you know. A sinner lives what they know. Is that not right? So if you're in the word, you should be living according to the word. You don't live outside of it. So don't tell me you know something and you're not living what you know, because that tells me you do not know. I remember me and Apostle was having a conversation years ago, and she was telling me about a lady that knew the word, could quote it, know the word. And we was having that conversation. I said, Apostle, she may know the word, but if she's talking opposite to the word, she don't know it. So you find out where people are by how they live. Oh, I got to say that again because the Holy Spirit is roaring up in me. Because somebody need to hear this. You find out where people are by how they live. I don't care how much word they have in them. Because if you got the word in you and that word is rooted on the inside of you, it's going to come out of you and your living ain't going to be in vain. You're going to live according to him and not live according to you. I got to say it again. When you're in the word of God, you're going to live according to the word of God. You cannot live outside of the word of God. So this is why they had to be followers and learners of Jesus Christ. They couldn't follow him until they learned from The Bible says in Luke 6, 40, 
A disciple's not above his teacher. But everyone who's perfectly trained will be like his teacher. They were not above Jesus. But they were trained. They could be like Jesus. Let me say it again. A disciple is not above his teacher. But everyone who's perfectly trained will be like his teacher. Have you ever had someone that, I'll I'll say this like sisters. Me and my sister, um, when you stay in the same house and you're close. Well, actually I have two sisters, but my older sister. um, When you stay in the same house, you're close. And when somebody called and she answered the phone and they asked for me, they think she's me. The voice sound kind of the same. When you're so close, you share the same things. You share the same thing. So when you're taught by Jesus, you ain't going to be above him, but you're going to be like the one that you've been taught by. Like your children, your children, people going to know what house they come out of. Now, sometimes they may get out of the way, but it's going to be some things that they have done that they're going to recognize. I know your mama. I know who your daddy is. Come on, haven't y'all heard that? You must be a walker. Even though I have a bright name, you a walker. I know your people. I'm like, for real? But they know where you come from. They know who you belong to, by what you say, by how you act. You don't have to tell nobody who you are. You don't have to tell them you saved, sanctified, and that with a burning what, evangelist? A burning. You don't have to tell them that because the life you live. It is going to speak for you. Quit trying to prove your salvation. You don't have to prove your salvation by coming to church, by paying tithes. Now, we're supposed to do those things, but you don't have to do them to make people think you're in a place that you're not in. Because eventually, guess what? The mass is coming off. So this is why he had followers. He had learners of him. So when we're following him, we're learning from him so we will be like him. So people are going to know that you're saved. You don't have to tell them that you're saved because your light is going to be shining. Everywhere you go, they're going to see that light. So we're going to back up again. Remember, you have to, the one that you're following, they had to be a disciple first. Now Jesus, y'all know when he was growing up, And he was in the temple. He was listening to them. He was asking questions. They were astounded at his answers. But Jesus was in that temple. He was hearing the word of God. Because faith comes by hearing. And hearing comes by what? The word of God. So you have to hear the word of God. You have to be taught. You need to be in the house of God. So you can hear the word of God. Even though you're getting it from home. Even though you're reading it yourself. It is good to have a covering. It is good to have a house that you can come into. So all of us can come together in unity. So all of us can be on one accord. Amen. So we see that Jesus was in that house. They were looking for Jesus. And Jesus said, you should have known that I was about my father's business. What Jesus was saying, you should have known I was in my father's house. You don't know me by now. 
So we know that Jesus grew up up under Mary and up under Joseph. He grew up up under the word. And then it, it goes to talk about John the Baptist. And we know that John baptized Jesus. And we know what happened. Jesus came up out of that water. He had the power of God upon him. But then after he did that, that's when Jesus' ministry begun. So you cannot begin a ministry, y'all, without the power of God coming upon you. You cannot begin a ministry without being saved. You cannot just go out there and start teaching people something you don't know yourself. So Jesus, he went out, he began to teach. But one thing he did, he, be, he went out and he got his followers. But before that, Jesus was being tempted, y'all. This is the part that God want me to go back over because he was showing me something in uh, Matthew, the fourth chapter. It says, then Jesus was led up by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Go with me to Luke because it says it a little different. And I like how Luke was saying this thing about Jesus. Then Jesus being filled with the Holy Spirit returned from the Jordan and was led by the spirit into the wilderness. Now, when we look at this, Jesus was filled with the spirit, meaning that the power of God come upon Jesus. But I'm going to back up to when Jesus was baptized. There were two baptisms that was going on when Jesus was baptized. When you get born again, there is um, a baptism that's done by the Holy Spirit where you baptize into the body of Christ. That's the baptism of the Holy Spirit where you baptize into the body of Christ. The other baptism is where the power of God come upon you so you can go out and do the work of God. There's two baptisms. Now say that I um, get saved or someone gets saved and they have not done the water baptism. Okay, because Jesus went up under the water. He did because the Bible tells us after he said, go, therefore, make disciples. Then he said, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son and Holy Spirit. That means they're going up under that water. That water only signify that you have accepted Jesus by faith, his death, his burial and his resurrection. When you go up under that water, that's that death. Right. Where you're dying. When you come up out of that water, that's the resurrection, where you rose into a new life. So what you're doing, you're saying, I'm accepting by faith of who I am now that I'm in Christ, and I'm accepting what Jesus done on my behalf. So that's a symbolic. But if you don't have that, if you don't have time to get baptized under that water because Jesus have come, that does not mean that you're not going to heaven because the Holy Spirit have already baptized you into the body of Christ. So don't let people tell you if you don't get baptized up under water, you're not going to heaven. That's a spirit of error. That's not what the word of God says. So you got to know what the word of God. And see, this is why I say we got too many people running around here like chickens with their head cut off, trying to figure out something in the flesh instead of allowing the Holy Spirit to show them what the word of God is saying. So we see that Jesus was baptized in water. He was letting us know, walking as a mere man, I'm doing what my father command me to do. I'm going up under this water. 
And I'm coming out because it's representing my death, my burial, and my new life that I'm coming up with. But I can't come up without having the power of God come upon me for the ministry that God has set upon me. Anytime God is sending us out to do a work, he's not going to send us out unequipped, y'all. Listen to what I'm saying. Anytime God is sending you out anywhere, he's not going to send you out unequipped. If you're on a job, you cannot work on that job until you have the tools that you need to work on that job. Whether you mow um, lawn, whether you do whatever you do, you got to have a lawnmower. I know you ain't going to get out there and just walk on that grass all day long and hoping that you kill it. You got to have the proper equipment to do it. When you're cutting trees down, you got to have the proper equipment to cut trees down. When a mechanic is working on a car, he ain't going to just look at that car and tell you that, okay, I need to take the battery out and just look at the battery. He got to have what he need. Come on, somebody, to get the battery out the car. Not unless the power of God supernaturally have him to look at the batter and say, it's going to work now. Come on, that's supernatural power. But if God ain't telling him that, somebody better give him something to take that battery out that car. Y'all getting it? Just like this building. These lights will not be on, not unless there was a power source, right? But even though there's a power source, if somebody don't hit that light switch... You ain't going to have no power either way, right? Because if you call in, the first thing they're going to do is diagnose it and say, well, did you turn the switch on? I didn't think I had to. Ignorant, go on the seat. So Jesus, the Bible said that he was led up. He was guided by the spirit. Y'all look at this. The spirit of God was with Jesus. The power of God was with Jesus. The power of God guided him into the wilderness. Why did he put him in the wilderness? A wilderness is uninhabited. It was nothing out there. Nobody there because he led him up there for time with him to prepare him for the temptation and the testing that the devil was going to bring. God knew it was coming. So he said, son, I want you to go in this place for me and I want you to to stay there 40 days and 40 nights and I want you to meditate on nothing but the word I don't want you to come out until I get through with you because you got to be ready for what the enemy is going to try to come at you with the problem is we got too many converts in the church we got too many people that saying I'm this and I'm that but it's nothing behind this or that We got too many people coming to church. One position. But yet a convert. So Jesus was led there by the spirit. But he had to fast y'all. He had to crucify that flesh for 40 days and 40 nights. See, it was the spirit of God that was upon him that had him to do this. So anytime God have you to do something, you don't have to worry about dying before your time, people. Because this was God's doing. The spirit led him into the wilderness, an uninhabited place for 40 days and 40 nights to be tempted, to be tried, to be tested 
of the devil. Come on, if Jesus had to crucify his flesh by turning away food, by being in the word of, how do I know he was in the word? Because when the devil started trying him, Jesus was giving, socking him with the word. Come on, when the devil tries, we say, please leave me alone. Why the devil always messing with me? Why the devil always attacking my body? Why the devil always messing with my churn? Why the devil always messing with my money? He just won't leave me alone. God, please tell him to leave me alone. We whine and complain. Why I don't have what everybody else have? Why I can't do what everybody else is doing? Why I'm always by myself? Why I don't have a husband, God? Send me somebody. Lord, I'm just so lonely. But the Bible tells me that Jesus was with the Father. He went into an uninhabited place and he spent time with the Father. He spent time with the Word of God. And it says that when the enemy said, when the devil said, if you be the Son of God, turn these stones into bread. See, he wanted Jesus to prove who he was. How many of us go out there and try to prove who we are by prophesying? By trying to do things that we know we don't want to do, but we're trying to prove that I'm an apostle, I'm a pastor, I'm an evangelist, I'm a teacher, I'm a prophet. So I'm going to go out there and, and let people know who I am. Jesus said, man... Do not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. He said, this is how I live. So see what the enemy was doing. He was tempting him with the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh and the pride of life. Just like he did in the garden of Eden, because all of these things are of the world. So we need to open our eyes spiritually and know when the devil is using somebody to get us to lust in any of these areas. Or use things to get us to lust in any of these areas. The pride of life means it's all about me. I, I, I. When we're making it all about us and what we have and what we could do, that means we're in pride. When we're trying to gain more and basing it on this is what I have to do to get more, it's pride. And where pride is, there will be a fall. But each time Satan came after Jesus, what did Jesus do? He presented him with the word. But Satan said, I'm going to come at him at his weakest point. He's weak now. He haven't eaten. He haven't drink, drank anything for 40 days, 40 nights. So I'm going to come at him at his weakest point. How many y'all know that the enemy comes at you at your weakest point? When you're down, when you're going through in your body, when your money is acting kind of funny, when your kids are cutting up, when it seems like work ain't going right. When it seemed like your husband cutting up, your wife cutting up, you're weak. And all of a sudden, before you can get over that, he's throwing something else at you and then he got you. Each time he came at Jesus, Jesus spoke nothing but it is written. Now, he didn't just speak it to get something to happen. Jesus spoke it because he knew his father. And he knew what the word of God will do in these situations. 
So we just can't speak the word to try to get something to happen. We have to speak the word because we know what has already happened. If God said, this is mine, it's already mine. I don't have to see it physically. I know what belonged to me. Because the Bible tells us to speak those things that be not as. That's what we're supposed to do. So Jesus spoke. And then after the temptation, some um, and Luke, it says he left um, him for opportune time until another season. The angels came and ministered unto him. But then after that, it says that Jesus began to preach. Now, look at this, y'all. How many of us, before we even spend time with God, before we even spend time in the word, we're trying to go out there and do some stuff. Don't get in the word of God. We just mimic what we heard. How many know what you heard, whether what you heard is truth or not? You just took it because it felt good to you. You know how we take stuff when somebody give you their revelation and we hear it and we just like um, jumping jack flash. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It only lasts for a while because remember the um, grounds? It was four grounds. See that, that ground that the enemy came in because they didn't have no understanding when the word was sown. It was on top of the ground. It didn't have time to get in the hearts because they didn't understand the word. And the enemy came in and he immediately snatched that word. Then there was a, a, a what was it, the thorns? Or before the thorns, it was sown upon the rocks. You received it with gladness. But guess what? When tribulation and trials came for the word's sake, guess what? You were through. So this is why that word have to be really sown in your heart. If it's have a deep root on the inside of you, the enemy can't steal it that quick. Anytime the enemy come in to steal, kill, and destroy, and he do it quickly, the word was never rooted. Anytime that you're in a place with God and the enemy move you too quick, the word was never rooted. But if you're standing, no matter how bad it look or how you feel, you know that that word got a deep root in you. If somebody talk about you and you go back and you hurt because they're talking about your, mm -mm, the word ain't rooted. That word got to be so rooted, you're going to know people going to hate you because they hated him. May the life I live speak for me. See, this is the problem with funerals. The majority of the funerals that people have, they talk about the dead body. They number the body. You're supposed to talk about, talk to the living, not the dead. They don't live their life and everything that they have lived, it's going to show up at the funeral. People already know what they've done and how they've done it. But you got a whole congregation full of converts and some disciples and some saying they save and ain't that need to know the truth so they can get to the place where God would have for them to be. And they spend most of the time talking about what somebody did. I'm just saying. So we look at what Jesus did after he got tempted, after he passed the temptation. Y'all check this out. Then he went out. Some of us been tempted and tried and tested and trying to go tell somebody else and ain't passed not one test. God is not going to send you out any kind of way. People may prophesy to you. Oh, you a pastor. Don't go out and try to find no church. 
Don't he go out and try to look for no sheep. Say, Lord, prepare me for yet what you have for me. We have young pastors out there now trying to make it, trying to hold on based on what somebody else said and people going for it. But truly haven't experienced anything. Had one person, I remember way back when, me and this other lady, they had us and they had this young person um, on the pulpit and everybody was just so excited because the person was so young and they were preaching, they were blowing and everything. So that young person said, I would like to go last. Because see, he had up his mind, he, he made up his mind, he's going to turn the place out, so make me last. I can sit here and hear what they got to say and I got to do better. So they had him last. When he got up there, he started blowing. He's my lawyer. And I'm saying, when you been locked up? He's my doctor. Okay. You been really sick to know him as a doctor? And everything he mimicked was after his mentor that he'd been up under. And he just mimicked him across the pulpit. And people, yeah, yeah. And we sitting there saying, no. No, because he didn't know. But this is what's happening in churches. And the reason why people are allowing it, because they converts. Because a true disciple, a learner and a follower of Jesus Christ knows the difference. It's more than hollering, y'all. It's more than just that. Is knowing that you know, that you know, that you know when you're tested and you tried. So Jesus did not go into ministry until he was tested, until he was tried, until the word of God was deeply rooted on the inside of him. Then he went out and said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He said, repent, have a change of heart, turn from sin, turn to God, have a change of mind. The kingdom of heaven is here right now. I'm bringing you the kingdom. That's what the gospel is. This is what he was telling his disciples. Therefore, go make disciples of men. How are you going to do that? By preaching the good news concerning the kingdom. The good news is Jesus bringing good news concerning the kingdom. You don't have to live the way you live because this is how God want us to live. This is how God want it to be. He's bringing God's kingdom to them. The kingdom was in him and he was letting the kingdom out of him. So Jesus preached that. Then when he preached that, the Bible says this is when he began to get followers. Because the word of God was preached. Faith come by hearing, hearing come by the word of God. Then the next thing was, and Jesus walking by the Sea of Galilee saw two brothers, Simon called Peter, Andrew his brother, casting a net in the sea, for they were fishermen. He said unto them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men, meaning that, I'm going to make you disciples so you can go out and disciple. That's what Jesus was saying. Matthew, the fourth chapter. We have to follow his guidelines, y'all. We don't go on what we think is going to work. Because what we say is going to work, it will soon fail. I assure you of that. We can't do what everybody else is doing. We got to do what the word of God tells us to do. Make disciples, not converts. 
Now, how do we make disciples if you're going out and you're ministering to people? Let me throw this in there. When you have been through something and you begin to testify to what you've been through and demonstration begin to come, a word of knowledge, a word of wisdom, maybe you have a gift of of, a prophecy that's coming to encourage, to uplift. That's manifesting the kingdom. That's in the process of making a disciple because they're seeing God at work in you. So see, we got to know the difference, y'all. So after Jesus called these followers, the Bible say immediately. They didn't hesitate. Evidently, when Jesus was preaching, repent for the kingdom of God is near. There had to be some demonstration. There had to be something that was going on for them to drop what they were doing and follow him. For them to deny themselves and take up their cross and follow him. There had to be something that Jesus was saying for them to say, you know what? I want to follow you. I want to live the way that you're living. I want to be a part of that kingdom that you are part of. Come on, when you show people your way of being and your way of living, I got proof in the pudding. Go to Facebook. You see how people are living on Facebook. Them lies. You see them sending flowers. Oh, look, we over here in Mexico. We over here and we over there and y'all saying, I wish I had a man to wind me and down. He probably beating her head in and you wouldn't know the difference. But you seeing it on Facebook and it looks so glamorous. You seeing people putting their profile pictures and saying, Dad, they done lost a lot of weight. How they get rid? Lord, I wish I could lose weight. I wish my makeup could look like that. Oh, I wish I had a husband or a boyfriend like that. Why I don't have a boyfriend? Why did my husband don't treat me like that? Lies, I say. All lies. And some of it is because of rejection. Meaning that you feeling so rejected, you got to get attention from Facebook because you can't get it from home. Hello? Whatever you can't get from home, you go on Facebook to draw that attention. Because you want somebody to say, oh, girl, you look good today. Woo, look at you. Girl, I couldn't pull that off like you. Oh, you missed me. The angel's blocking me. (laughs) Y'all better wake up. Because if you're on Facebook, you're supposed to be using it for the glory of God. Nobody don't need to see you. They need to see him. It ain't about you. It's all about him. So anything you do, you're supposed to be doing it unto the glory of God, not to get an attention for people to love you. Rejection says, love me. Rejection says, see me, hear me, be attached to me. Somebody attached to my post to let me know you're hollering at me. Somebody tell me how good I look because I ain't feeling too good right now. Feelings. Oh, feelings. So they left everything. They gave up everything to follow him. That means you lose interest in yourself. You lose interest in what, this is a disciple, y'all. You lose interest in what you want and you say, God, here am I. Use me for your glory. Now, when you tell him to use you for your glory, 
you're going to really have to crucify that flesh. Because that flesh was too used to the things that it was used to from coming out from in the womb to out the womb all those years. Some of us went through things for many, many years. For as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he, so does he become. If you always saying, I'll never have nobody. Nobody want to hang with me. Leaving me by myself. That's going to be your lot. You speaking it into the atmosphere and that's how it appeared to be. But when you're speaking, I'm not alone. Because he said, he'll never leave me, nor shall he forsake me. God has people for me. And whoever those people are for me, they will show up at the right time and the right moment. But until that time, God is with me. He is Emmanuel. So when you keep speaking that, and you keep speaking that, all of a sudden your body is going to get in alignment with that. And when people are talking to you, it don't mean the same thing like it meant before. If they talk to me, they talk to me. If they don't, they don't. I know who I am. I know who I belong to. Just because they got married don't mean I got to get married. Hello, somebody. Just because they doing this don't mean I have to do this. God has a plan for me. That's what the Bible says. I know the plans that I have for you. Plans of good and not evil. Plans for a hope and a future. God, as long as you know the plan, I'm good. Because things are going to come at you while you're in this world. That's why you got to know about being a disciple. When you out discipling, when you out doing things God's way, you taking your mind off of you and you know that your father's getting glory and the peace of God is coming upon you. So this is what Jesus done. He got his followers, y'all. And as they were following him, they had to leave everything. I'm going to ask y'all today, have you really left everything to follow him? Have you really given up everything to follow him? You're in the world, but you're not of the world, so you don't do what the world does. That means I got to love God more than I love my husband and my children. God got to be first and foremost in my life. So you get tested and tried in those areas. I got tested and I got tried in those areas, y'all, from the husband to the children to the job to the church. God tested me and tried me to see if I loved them more than I loved him. And to be honest, I did. And did not know it until I started spending more time with God. And God started showing me, you have family above me. No, I don't. Yes, I did. And the day I let go, y'all, I let go for real. I let go to the point that I was still his wife, cooking and cleaning and everything else. But God was my main priority. And this man left me a note. But the Holy Spirit kept telling me. You got to prioritize. You got to prioritize. There ain't nothing but the devil. He don't want me in my word. And I kept staying in the word. Up at night, staying in the word. He ate though. He ate real good. His clothes was clean, y'all. The kids ate. But I took that Bible and I was meditating on it day and night because I knew what I needed. Because I knew what the devil was trying to do. And finally my husband left me the note. When I read the note, I said, what in the world wrong with this man? I'm living for Jesus. I'm on my way to Bible study reading the note. Y'all crying. I called him. 
What you send me this note for? Don't you know I'm going to Bible study? I didn't mean no harm. He was so humble. I hung up that phone. I cried more. Holy Spirit ministered to me and said, apologize. Get your priorities in order. From that day forward, my priorities was in order, y'all. I did it God's way. God is talking to somebody in this house. Quit using God to stop doing what you're supposed to be doing. I had to honor God first, then my husband, then my children. I couldn't even put my children before my husband. Some of you are doing that. God, husband, wife, children, church. It's supposed to be order. Didn't the Bible say love your wife as Christ loved the church? Some men don't even know how to love their wife as Christ loved the church because they're not in fellowship with him long enough to know how he did it. He died for that church. He forgot about himself. And he lived for us. Yo, come on now. If we're going to do it, let's do it right. Yep, 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 yep. Come on, this is disciples. These are the ones that followed Jesus. He said, the way I'm doing, that's the way you're supposed to do. The way I'm living, that's the way you're supposed to live. Yo, this is so funny because the Holy Spirit is reminding me of this. I heard this in my spirit. Jesus didn't have no wife, but he knew how you're supposed to love one. So he didn't leave that out either. So people use that. He had no wife. I can eat it. Please. He's God. He created male and female. He told them to cleave, not leave. Two become whoop. Stuck like glue. Where you going? Would you? I left my daddy house. Some of them parents said, don't bring them back here. That's why I gave them to you. I had enough. Keep them. Now you know what I'm going through. Pray. I prayed them out. Don't pray them back in. So we see what Jesus did. Y'all, isn't this so good? When you truly know what a disciple is, you're supposed to live like one. Quit making excuses. Well, I wasn't raised like that. But you have a father that's in heaven. That's teaching you the way it's supposed to be. Don't blame it on your parents. Don't look at your life based on what your parents did or did not do. That was their life. Now you got to live your life according to Christ. So after Jesus got his followers, it said in verse 23, Matthew 4, and Jesus went about, listen at this y'all, all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom. Now look what Jesus did. He went about. I'm, I'm finna hit something. You cannot come behind this pulpit without going about. Jesus went about teaching. Some of us just want to be in the pulpit, but we don't want to be a disciple first. Oh, I'm going to get there too. 
Jesus went about all Galilee. What was he doing? Proclaiming. Proclaiming the good news, the gospel of the kingdom. He was showing people how God's kingdom is. He was giving them the opportunity to be a part of that kingdom. So to give them that opportunity, he had to teach. And then demonstration had to come through the teaching. Look what happened. And healing all kinds of sickness, that's the kingdom. And all kinds of disease, that's the kingdom. All kinds. Some that we don't even know nothing about. Among the people. Then his fame went throughout all Syria, and they brought to him all sick people who were afflicted with various diseases and torments, and those who were demon-possessed, epilepsy. um, And guess what he did? He healed all of them. Look what he did. He was demonstrating what he was preaching. And guess who was following him and watching? The disciples. They were followers They were learners of Jesus. But guess what he did? After he'd done all that, he said, wait a minute now, boys. Wait a minute. It was boys. It was women. It was all of them. It was more than 12 disciples, y'all. Jesus had a multitude of followers. So he said it's more than just seeing demons cast out. It's more than just people being healed. Your attitude got to change. Your conduct, your way of living has to change. So sit down. I'm going to teach you some beatitude. So it said, and the multitude went and seeing the multitude, he went up on a mountain and he, when he was seated, his disciples came to him. It was more than 12 disciples. It was a lot of followers. He had a lot of followers. He began to teach him the Beatitudes. He began to teach them concerning the law. He didn't come to do away. He came to fulfill. Jesus taught on prayer. He taught on fasting. He taught on marriage. Come on, he broke it down. He went through the whole scenario with it. Y'all better hear me because I'm going somewhere. He went through the whole scenario with them. He went through, you know, take the uh, beam out of your eye. Come on. He went through being offended. Come on, from The fifth chapter to the seventh chapter, he went over life with these people. That takes time. He went over all of this. Pray tell, why did Jesus go over all this? Because they were followers. They were learners of him. And Jesus knew he was going to be with the father. So he wanted to make sure that they had everything what they needed to have to carry on. But this is what Jesus done. Jesus began to go pray To the father, I think it's Luke, the sixth chapter, he began to go into a solitary place, meaning by himself, to offer prayer up to the father. Then he came back and chose the 12 apostles of the lamb. He chose 12 apostles. He chose those 12 to keep laying that foundation that he laid and continued to make. Come on, somebody, disciples, y'all better follow me. He had to have somebody to take the lead. He didn't leave it wide open for everybody to be by themselves. I'm going to go back to a book. I don't know if it's in Judges. I don't remember where it was. I'm thinking it's in Judges when this man had a concubine and he allowed them to rape this concubine. When they brought the concubine back, this lady was dead. They just had messed over her. What he did, he cut her up in 12 pieces and sent her all over the place. Do y'all know why this man did this? Because he didn't have a leader. Back in Judges, they didn't have nobody to lead them. They done like they wanted to do. When you don't have a leader, you're going to do what you think you need to do. That's why God gives you somebody to lead you. Didn't Jesus start out 
do the same thing. We have a messed up house. Everybody cannot do the same thing. That's why I have fingers, I have toes, and each one of them do some different stuff. Do they not? Do your toes and stuff do differently from mine? Maybe sometime when you get older, they may cramp a little more, but... You know, in the body of Christ, we do have some toes cramping your style, right? You do have some fingers and hands going in other directions they shouldn't go in, huh? But you got to have somebody to bring the body. See, Humpty Dumpty fell off the wall. He know he was too big to be on that wall, that big egg. But one day he decided to go on that wall. And I guess he said, I fell once, I fell twice. Let me see what's going to happen this time. He was an egg. Humpty Dumpty sat on the wall. And old Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. All the king horses and all the king men, they couldn't put Humpty Dumpty back together again. What am I saying? Nobody can put you together but God. I don't care how they try to stitch you together. Even crazy glue going to come, come loose every now and then. Come on. This is why. We have to trust God. And that's what Jesus was teaching them to do. How to lean and depend on him. How to lean and depend on God. Because they were followers. They were learners of him. He taught them the Beatitudes. After he taught them the Beatitudes y'all. And they went through all that. They were seeing people healed. They were seeing people delivered. They were seeing people set free. And then in, in Matthew 10. Jesus began to turn them loose. See when you train somebody. You turn them loose. And see what they're going to do. And they did what Jesus done. They still had to follow who? Jesus directions. They couldn't do it on their own. They had to follow what he said. But check this out, y'all. You have to be taught to go out. You can't just go out without being taught. Now, Paul, we know Paul was taught. He may be taught up under Gamaliel. He may be taught up under the law. But the things that he was taught was wrong. And the day he met Jesus on the road to Damascus, things began to change in Saul's life. He became Paul. He began to suffer great things for Christ's sake. But guess what? He had to go spend time with God. He was away from everybody too. And Jesus began to teach him. Jesus began to give him revelation. So when he joined the disciples, it wasn't no isms and schisms. He knew what they knew even though he didn't... Walk with him the way they did. God ain't going to do you like that. Captain may be in the wilderness for 20 years. And I may be in the cemetery for 40 years. Being taught. And she come out of the wilderness. And then when we come together. Captain got something for me. Because I'm thinking I know what she know. But she got revelation and illumination. Only thing I got was doctrine. And it don't work. I can't get mad at her because she spent time with him. I spent time. I'm not saying don't go to what you call the school. Seminary school. I'm not saying that. But you better go to the right one. You don't go to one that's going to teach you how to hold your napkin. How to fan to get the crowd hyped up. Oh, God. Pronounce your words correctly. 
These men were unlearned. They said these men are unlearned. They ain't had what we had. They ain't had the teaching what we had. But there is a miracle that took place. We can't touch these men. So when you're getting taught the right way, nobody has to follow you around. Come on. When you're getting taught the right way and you're being led by the Spirit, come on, there are going to be miracles. There are going to be signs and wonders. Go with me to Mark. The book of Mark, chapter 16. Tell, tell somebody, when you don't know, you just don't know. So quit acting like you know. Now look what um, Jesus was saying here. I want you to look at verse 19, because there goes the Great Commission again. So then after the Lord has spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. And they went out and preached everywhere. What were they doing? They were doing like they were told. Listen at this verse. The Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. Amen. The Lord will work with you when you're doing what he tells you to do. And you're not going outside of what he wants you to do. See, some people want to go out and be prophets and have all the crowd coming in. And then they got to keep up that status in order to keep the money. But if you're doing it the way that God tells you to do it and you're taught the right way, this is why Jesus spent three years with these disciples, teaching them. They were learning. And why do you think they were so upset when he was going to leave? But he said, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit going to be your God. He's going to be your teacher. That does not mean that you don't need a shepherd. That does not mean that you don't need to come into the house of God. That does not mean that. He even gave the fivefold. Some, some prophets, some apostles, some teachers, some pastors, some evangelists. Everybody is not fivefold. So God is going to let you know where you fit. But he's not going to put you out there like that. He's going to make sure that you're sitting up under somebody getting taught the right way. People don't want to sit. They always want to do. And that's a hard-headed person. I feel like I need to be here. But you can't even stand at the door. You can't do nothing except what you want to do. You can't even clean a toilet because you think that's not my assignment. Come on. Was it Jesus' assignment? Jesus did things that you would think that he shouldn't do, but he done them. He died. He shouldn't have done it, but he done it. Just because you got a call of a prophet don't mean that you can't serve somebody. Don't mean that you can't go stand at the door. Don't mean that you can't do other things just because you got a title. That don't mean that. God took me through a ringer, y'all. From the front to the back. Jennifer and them know. I was at the ushering. I did it all. Then I throw him a robe and sing with Judah. Then I take off my robe and get to the pulpit and start preaching. Then I hold a pan as a deacon, deaconess. What was God doing with me? He was raising me up for the five. Every last one of them. But it took some raising, y'all, because I was hard-headed. I was stubborn. I was jealous. I had some rejection. So you think I can't recognize it? I was offended. You think I can't recognize it? 
He took me through a ringer. Some of us don't want to be taken through a ringer. We just want to stand before people and start telling people something that we don't want to do. He had to deal with me with paying tithes. He had to deal with me with telling the truth and nothing but the truth. Let me break it down. Ask me for $5. No, I ain't got it, liar. So the Lord broke it down to me and said, when they ask you, you say, yes, I do have it. But wisdom is telling me I can't give it to you. Duh. So all of us in here have told a fib. Somebody asks you for something, you say you ain't got it. That's a fib. That's a lie. Tell the truth. Knowing the truth will make you And this is what he told his disciples. Y'all, we got a lot of ground to cover. This is a new year. Listen at John, the eighth chapter. What Jesus began to tell his disciples. Verse 31. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him. If you abide in my word, you are my my disciple indeed. Did y'all hear that? Abide me to continue. In my word, you are my disciple indeed. A true disciple is going to be in the word. It's going to continue in the word. And then he said, and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. A true disciple is going to continue in the word of God. The reason why churches are splitting, the reason why people are leaving churches is because they're still converts and they're disciples. And some converts that are just converts that just got saved, that don't spend time with God, they're easily to get offended. They're looking more at themselves. That's pride. When you are a true disciple, you do what the word of God tell you to do. If you feel like somebody has offended you, you go to that person. The Bible says, if there's any art, what do you do? You take care of that art. You take care of unforgiveness. You don't, I cannot continue to teach this word if I got art against Miss Mary. I'm a hypocrite. I can't sit up here and say, now, apostle, the word of God is saying, if she called me, if you got art, you need to take care of that art. And on the inside, I got art against Miss Mary. I'm a hypocrite and I'm a liar. God don't honor that. I can't even teach on something I'm not doing myself. Anything I teach, I have to make sure, I have to check myself that I'm right, that I'm okay in this area. Because how can I help somebody else if I'm holding a grudge? That's not God. So in being a disciple, Jesus went through all of this with his disciples. And that's what we're going to do at Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministry. We're not having no more converts. We are having disciples where you can go out and you'll be able to disciple others. And I got another one for you. Remember I told you about the baptism? For how um, he said, and baptize them in the name. He wasn't talking just about the the fivefold. He was talking to disciples, y'all. He said, go out and baptize. So if you go out and you give them the good news, the gospel concerning the kingdom, 
Let's say somebody's in your house and you gave them the good news concerning the kingdom and, and the Bible telling you to baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. As long as they know what baptism is, fill up the tub and dunk them. Fill it up. What stops you from doing it? Not unless your tub is nasty. Say, just give me about five, ten minutes. I'll be back. Come on, y'all. You can do that. People tell you you got to have license to do it. No, you don't. Because Jesus said, let me find it. Let me find it. Help me, Holy Ghost. I'm going to find it. I'm going to find it. Go with me to John, the fourth chapter. Therefore, when the Lord knew that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John. Listen at this. Though Jesus himself did not baptize, but his disciples. His disciples were baptizing. His disciples were baptizing. His followers. Okay, I'm going to give you another one. The Bible speaks for itself. And I'm going to tell y'all this right now. If you know you're a convert and you just stopped at being a convert and just telling people you're saved but you ain't living a life the way you need to live, don't you drop not one in a tub. I'm telling you that right now. Don't Some of you probably feeling it up right now because it's going to make you feel important. But if you have not been taught and you don't know what baptism is, you cannot show them the scripture. Do not fill up that tub. Because you got to be a learner and a follower first. Especially those who never come in the house of the Lord. Don't show up nowhere. Now you want to put somebody underwater. Nope. Got another thing for you. When you learn all of these things that Jesus taught. When you learn all of these things. Remember they needed someone to serve. Go with me again. I'm going to show you in scripture. Acts, the sixth chapter. Seven chosen to serve. Now in those days when the number of the disciples were multiplying. Do y'all hear that? Now in those days when the number of the disciples were multiplying. There arose a complaint against the Hebrews by the, I don't know that word, Hellenists. Because their widows were neglected in the daily distribution. Listen at this. Then the twelve summoned the multitude of the disciples and said, who summons them? The twelve apostles. Y'all hear me? The twelve apostles summons the multitude of the disciples and said, it is not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation. Y'all, they're talking about deacons. Deacons serve. That's what a deacon is. It's one that serves. And a deacon serve in the capacity that the pastor need for them to serve. So he said, I want you to look out for those that have a good reputation. You know what a good reputation is? No good conduct, not sleeping around, keep their house well. Come on, help others. Good rep. Do anybody know what good rep mean? Good reputation and listen to this, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. You cannot have this position and you ain't got the power of God from on high and got wisdom that comes from God. Hello, somebody. 
whom we may appoint over this business, but we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. That's the word. Is that what the word says? Guess what he told the disciples? They didn't do it. He said, disciples, choose seven. The ones that are followers and that they are learners of Christ. He said, I want you to choose these disciples that can feel this. You know who's amongst you. You know who have a good reputation. Why are they pulling people with a bank account and putting them as deacons? With no good reputation, with three, four wives and one chick on the side. They're pulling the ones with money and sitting them over there and telling them what you're going to tell the pastor. That's not how it works. So what am I saying? It starts with the disciple, learners, followers of Jesus. And it ain't hard for God to say, this is who need to be in place because you see them and you know them. You know how they live. You know how they act. When something is going on in the church, they ain't pouting and they ain't whining and they ain't cool can't do it no more if I went on how people felt about me and how people talked about me I would have been quit but you didn't choose me God did and I ain't quitting on God I ain't quitting on God You don't quit because it don't look right or it don't smell right. I ain't never seen nobody that had to use the toilet. Had to really use the toilet. And it smelled bad and you know you had to really go. You covered up your nose and you went. You couldn't wait for that scent to die down. You had to go and you had to go right. Because you didn't want to pee on yourself or do something else on yourself, did you? So you say, forget the smell. I got to go. And if your stomach tore up, you ain't even worrying about wiping down the toilet no more. You just sit politely down. You don't give up, do you, Willie? Come on, somebody. Do you give up? Honey, don't give up, do you? You got to go. You you forget all the mess, don't you, Thea? You got to go. Move out my way. I don't care who been in there. I got to go. And you go for sure. Why is it in the church? When somebody, you feel like somebody don't like it, you go and you go and you leave. Why can we leave the church but we won't leave our job? Kim, you ain't going to quit doing hair because somebody don't like how they, you do that. You ain't going to do that, are you? Mm-mm. Terry, you ain't going to quit driving no truck because you didn't empty it out right, are you? Could anybody tell me why you won't quit? His who? Money. Oh, so money is better than God. That's my point. That's your idol, your money. That's your God. But you'll quit on God. Quit fasting in a hurry because you don't like 
what somebody did. I'm talking on discipleship. Now, don't get me twisted up here. Here. Don't get me twisted to think that I'm looking at you. Let me look at all of you. Let me make sure I don't miss a soul. My job, what God called me to do, is to speak on his behalf, and that's what I'm going to do. It is your job to take the word of God and get back in it for yourself and hear him. We are one body. And every joint supply. But stay where you're supposed to stay. Do what you're supposed to do. And that's how we're unified. Do you know when we get out of hand? When you got this hand over here. And don't it look tore up, y'all? How it look I'm walking like this right here? And then my legs crawl. How I look. How I look. And then my... body can't do nothing it's tore up because this hand thought it needed to come over here and this eye was so jacked up that's why you got to be taught you got to be a disciple first you got to be a learner you got to know how things work first before you try to put yourself in a place that you're not ready to put yourself you got to get the beat down first. Jesus got the beat down. And when he starts saying it is written, my son, go for it. But the only thing we want now is the ordination. I've been in this position too long and I ain't got ordin nothing. You ain't ready yet. Because it may be something that God want to deal with in you. That you don't see. Because God will let you sit there. And say wait for it. Wait for it. Jezebel coming out. Wait for it. Wait for it. Here come Jezebel cussing it all. Not saying God can't use you. But you ain't ready yet. So we're going to continue this journey. With discipleship. We're going to be learners and followers of Christ, and we're going to do like he does. Am I saying I'm perfect? No, but I am in my spirit. And as long as my soul is connecting with my spirit, I'm walking just as he's walking. But if I'm not renewing my mind to who I am in Christ, I'm going to mess up somebody else in the body of Christ. That's why the body is not on one accord. So we want to make sure that everybody is in alignment with what the word of God says. You may not agree with who God have over you, but it ain't for you to make that decision. It is for him. And as long as they're doing what the word tells them to do, and they ain't around fornicating, they ain't around gambling, they ain't around doing all this stuff, leave them alone. 
If their house is in order and they're doing like they're supposed to do, leave them alone. Go about your business. Take your mouth off of them. If you see seeing God move in their lives, what more do you want? Come on, somebody. So we're going to continue on. Where are my disciples? Look at your neighbor and say, where are my disciples? Come on and give God a hand clap of praise. Can we go ahead and have our announcements at this time? And then after announcements, we'll do our tithes and our offerings. Wasn't that an inspiring message? Thanks for listening to the end. Join us every Tuesday for Bible study and every Sunday for service. We're looking forward to hearing from you as well. Feel free to reach out to us via the website at www.mtdm.org. God bless you and we'll see you next time.